0: This is episode 119 with Ryan Shackner. Welcome to The Athletic Mindset. I'm your host, Corey Camp, former Division I swimmer, forever athlete, and your personal performance coach, helping you find flow in your day-to-day life. Today, I sit down with Ryan, a CEO, author, speaker, financial advisor, and financial coach who works with professional teams and athletic departments to help provide a financial education that most collegiate and professional athletes never receive. And athletics fundamentals are critical to success on the field, Ryan adds a competitive advantage to the programs he works with by teaching financial fundamentals and translating key financial lessons into the language of sports and helping them identify their behavioral preferences so they can maximize their potential. As someone who has had his fair share of financial struggles, this was a very insightful conversation. Ryan shares a lot of insights on the financial space in a way that is relatable for athletes of all backgrounds. We cover a lot of information from his book, Foundation for Financial Excellence, Lessons from the Pros, A Game Plan for the Collegiate Athlete. And if you're inspired by today's conversation, go pick up a copy at the link below in the show notes. With that being said, let's dive into it with Ryan. Well, Ryan, first and foremost, welcome to The Athletic Mindset. I appreciate your time. I know we are both busy humans. You got a book coming out on
1: the way that we'll touch on today. But first and foremost, how are you feeling on this fine Friday? I'm feeling great. I mean, I'm just grateful to be on here. You know, I've checked out a couple of the episodes and it's on my uh, rotation now. It's hard to make my rotation, so I'm loving it. I'm honestly honored to hear that. I know, I mean, I don't even listen, full disclosure, like
0: I don't listen back to any of these episodes myself just because <laughs> I love the conversation in the moment. But then, yeah, I know how limited those spots in the podcast rotation are, especially when you're dealing with like the Joe Rogans and the rituals of the world that are like three hour episodes. I'm I'm grateful for anyone listening in and especially for you to make a rotation. So appreciate absolutely. you highlighting that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I want to highlight, you know, obviously you and the work that you're doing. You're changing the game in the financial literacy space, especially for athletes. I think why I love that so much, I guess now it's been a number of years since ESPN came out with one of my favorite 30 for 30s, Broke, where they really highlight the financial struggles that a lot of pro athletes have post-career. And I think a lot of that extends to a lot of the conversations we've had on this podcast of, what is our identity when we're playing sport and how can we have a holistic approach to that so that when we transition out, it's not showing up in being broke or totally misaligned or anything like that. What inspired you to, to get into this niche, this field
1: yourself? Yeah, so it's a great question. I mean, it was a lot of factors. One is, you know, I was a, an ex-college baseball player and my career was cut short by injury. And so part of it was, I really missed being around athletics. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, finishing college, getting into the financial services space, you know, I didn't even have time to watch baseball games or, or, you know, follow my football team and and that sort of thing. So it was, you know, I think when I, especially when I connect with a lot of athletes, they miss that team experience and it's not so much playing the sport. it, It was, the fact that you were part of a group trying to accomplish something, working together, and it was that that sort of thing. So I just really, I missed that. And I was always looking for a way to try and get my foot back into sports. And so along my journey, now over half my life as a financial advisor and owning my own firm, I started working with some current and ex-athletes. And what I found was it was the majority of the time we're playing cleanup duty. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, maybe they trusted the wrong person, or they made some bad decisions. And, you know, and it was having to, you know, start from scratch late in their career or post career. And it just it bothered me. But it was also fascinating that You know, a lot of these guys had significant windfalls of money and that they were in the position they were in was just, it was really, it was heartbreaking. And so investigating and, and, you know, just having conversations with a lot of these athletes, I found that there wasn't a whole lot of education on financial literacy going on. And so over the years, they had been bugging me about trying to do something with athletes. And like everyone, I got caught up. I was still trying to grow my, you know, my primary business. And, and then last year, you know, about this time, COVID shut everything down. And right before COVID shut everything down, I had met with an intern uh, prospect that played basketball at UNC Charlotte, super sharp kid. I was really impressed with him and he had the deal and I was started quizzing him on, you know, what is credit and, and all this type of stuff. And he couldn't answer any of the questions. And so I just started asking, you know, UNC Charlotte, it's not a power five school, but it's not insignificant by any means. And they didn't offer anything that, you know, was an ongoing and taught these kids, you know, where they're, you know, where they're at. And so, you know, COVID shuts everything down. I start dictating what I thought was just going to be a presentation where I could go up there and, you know, give a PowerPoint presentation to these guys. And, ended up being a book. And I ended up getting connected to, you know, actually Aurelius Ben, who was on broke. He was, get had a little cameo in there. And, you know, Anthony Tolliver, who came on to give his pro perspective on it, Roy Williams from Oklahoma and the Dallas Cowboys, you know, did the forward. And it was just this network of, uh, and there's so many that I left off of, of athletes that are current and former athletes that said, hey, this needs to be out there. Like we've been trying to get this and push financial literacy and and it's just, it hasn't been embraced like it should. Yeah. And I think you touched something you said there really stood out to me is the
0: education there that was there wasn't really meeting them where they were at. The fact that someone, you know, like you had mentioned is a sharp kid, but can't answer that question of like what is credit is probably a result of I know from my experience at Delaware like we had a one-off seminar workshop where some guy from one of the local you know firms Northwestern Mutual or whatever it was like came in and they gave like an hour-long presentation but I think the key differentiator there was he wasn't meeting us where he was at he wasn't putting it in terms that understood I mean I'm I live with a guy who is in the financial hedge fund space and like half the time he explains stuff to me that's going on at work. It's just so far over my head that I'm like, I don't even know what to say. I'm just like, all right, man. I'm like, yeah, cool. It sounds like you're having a, a good day. I just by the tone of the voice, I don't really know. So it's great that you are meeting them where they're at because I think we're way more likely to be just overall engaged in conversation When there's that middle ground. And I think it's phenomenal that you've found this middle ground being athletics. If you could speak on a little bit of like, how you actually teach um, financial literacy to the athlete, I think that would be very, very beneficial. And I know I could learn a ton from you in that process.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so we really do two things. And we've started working with, you know, a couple of pro organizations with their rookies and a number of universities in the athletic departments and with specific teams. And so what we, tr- you know, I, I always look back and say, hey, if I was in their shoes and I was still an athlete in college, what, how would I get engaged in this? Right. And I think, you know, you mentioned that some of these universities have guys from different firms that come in. And, you know, they they give an hour presentation. But, you know, when I look at the material that's being presented there, it's from a, you know, you have to always look at what, why are they doing this, right? Is it to educate or is it to, you know, gain a client down the road? And it was always to me, the material always seemed like, hey, we're, I'm trying to pick up clients at some point, Right. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted this to be extremely non-threatening. And and again, looking back, if I were in their shoes, I, I would want someone to, you know, just make it really, really simple for me. And so what is the one thing, regardless of background, that if we're all athletes that we have in common, and that's... Athletics, right? It's sports. So it doesn't matter if it's swimming or baseball or football or basketball, the experiences that we have of working out of getting up early of studying, uh, you know, studying film and eating right and, you know, study hall and all that stuff. It's the exact same. Right, and so if I could find a way then to relate the financial topics to sports, then that would make it easy for for these athletes to understand. And so what we do is, you know, I always try and give examples of either athletes that are doing it really well uh, financially or really bad, and to kind of get them drawn in. Like, you know, can can you believe Allen Iverson defaulted on a house in Colorado and? in atlanta you know when he was making 30 40 million dollars a year right that ruined his credit right and so you know you you get these stories of some of their idols and, and mentors in there and to kind of draw them in and then i just explain like hey this isn't just a problem that you as an athlete have it's a problem that americans in general have right they don't understand credit how it works this is what credit is And so I explain it to them in terms of, you know, like their stats. You know, if you're a coach and you're recruiting a player, are you going to go with the player that has the consistent record of performance? Or are you going to go with a player that has maybe one game that he did well? Your job's on the line as a coach, right? You're going to go with the kid that has the consistent record of performance all the time. And same thing if, if you're a bank or you're a credit card company trying to bring someone on. You want someone that has a consistent performance of, of not using a lot of credit and paying their bills, and that can demonstrate that over a longer period of time. Because at the end of the day, your job is on the line. If you make a bad, you know, bad bet on someone, you know, you're, you're, you're going to find yourself in a different career. And so we explain it in terms that they can understand, but then we just don't leave it there, right? Then we yeah. give them an actual game plan that you can implement right now to make sure that you have good credit. So I just wanted to give them the answers, right? I didn't want them sitting there thinking, "Hey, you know, that's great. He told me what credit is, but how do I do it, right?" And and so we just give them the game plan. We say, "This is like here's seven things you can do to make sure that you have good credit, and it's really simple things." And and so we do that with each each topic that we have in the book. Absolutely love that. I mean, so much of that that
0: speaks to me is you've developed something where more people need to pay attention to this. You're speaking with your audience rather than speaking to them. You're not coming from a place of, hey, I'm a a big guy on Wall Street and I've made a ton of money. Listen to me, I'm an authority figure. You're coming from a place of, hey, look, I'm right there with you. I'm going to walk you through this. I'm going to meet you where you're at and we're going to lay things down. And I love it too that you take it a step further because I, I'm a firm believer. Awareness is, is the first step if we can bring awareness to a certain issue, but it can also lead to a lot of frustration in our lives if we don't have then a playbook to start to implement into the next step and take action to start to solve what that awareness even brought about. So I love that you include that next step and include that playbook so that people can, you know, take that next step and solve their problems. Is that essentially what is going down in the book in a bunch of
1: different areas, not just credit, but... Other yeah, so, yeah, we go credit, we go budgeting, we go how to protect, you know, identity protection, how to identify, you know, a good advisor, or maybe someone that has, you know, bad intentions, we look at, you know, protecting your assets, we look at, hey, how do you save money in a smart way, right? And we don't touch on any actual products, right? So we don't talk about mutual funds, we don't We. I mean, this is foundational, We talk about a three-phase strategy for for saving money. And it doesn't matter to me what you put money in. You could could be a real estate guy and you want to put a a bunch of money in real estate. Like it doesn't matter, but it does matter from the standpoint of you need it in case, you know, a short-term, in case another pandemic rolls around that you can't be stressed about money. Mm -hmm. And then some sort of midterm, you know, bucket that at some point is going to be able to kick off income. So whether you go pro and you're, you know, five years after, you know, you you have a contract for five years, you don't get another one, whatever you save money in that middle one has got to be able to provide you an income, right? And what if you never go pro? Well, maybe you retire at 65, whatever you put money in, in that middle category has got to at some point provide you an income, right? So just understand how it's going to do that. And then you can make a decision of, do I want to put money in that or that, right? A A product or B product. And then the third category, we just always talk about your dream category. So this could be your vacation house or could be, you know, a buddy of yours says, hey, let's start a business and you kick in some money to, to help launch it or an IPO or something like that, right? Whatever it is. But if you focus on having money in those kind of three stages or categories, then, you know, you're not you're going to be good you're going to be good and so so we talk about all that stuff we talk about two other things right and it's identifying cuz you know the large part of our audience that we get in front of is never going to go pro right mm-hmm. i mean they're never going to have you know a, a multi million dollar contract they're going to have to go out and get you know their 9 to 5 or they're going to start a business or whatever they get into And so what we try and do is help them identify two things, right? The skills that they developed, really it's bringing awareness to the skills that they developed as an athlete and how that translates into the real world, but not just how it translates, how it's actually desired by companies that are looking to hire people. And so, so it's identifying those, but then being able to quickly articulate if you, you know, find yourself in the elevator with Zuckerberg, right? And he says, hey, what do you do? You know, I'm graduating from you know, uh, Cal and you know this, this is my degree. And I think I could really help your company because I was an athlete and I've got these three characteristics and this is how it will translate to the next level and whatever I get into. You're going to stand out right? There's a lot of people that can't do that. And so we talk about how to develop that, how to do that, as well as how to use LinkedIn as an athlete, because a lot of athletes, they're not allowed to have jobs, right? And so they can get an internship, but really, it's such a limited time, what experience do you really get off that? So how do you use LinkedIn to set the narrative? about who you are as an athlete. And so I always use the example, there's a kid, I've never met him, but he's a wide receiver down at University of um, South Carolina. And in his LinkedIn title, it says, I'm going to be a professional athlete. Or going, I'm going to the NFL, right? And so great. I see just from that, that he he's got a goal and he's working towards it. Well, how do I know he's working towards it? Well, every other week, he'll post a video of him running extra routes or running sprints and And I know that it's not with the rest of the team. like he's doing this on his own, right? So yeah. he may not have any idea of what credit is or anything in finance, but I'm gonna take a chance on a kid like that all day long because I can see that he's putting in the extra work. And then we help them identify you know who they are from a person there's four personality traits, what is their dominant personality and what industry might that fit best into. So you know if you're introverted, ironically, like, like me, maybe you shouldn't be, you know, in real estate, right? Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't mean you can't be successful in real estate, because you have an adaptive, you know, trait that'll pop up where you can operate in that you just have to understand who you are, what your strengths are. We go through that. And then we talk about money mindset, you know, what is your philosophy on money? Do you want to own your money? Or do you want to be owned by your money? And once you establish that, you know, if you want to own your money, then you're going to make smarter decisions, right? know as you go through your career and and all that so yeah I know my mom's listening to this right now and she's absolutely
0: loving everything you you say she's always trying to talk to me about money so mom don't worry, I finally found someone that understands me. We're going to we're gonna chat money all day. I love that you brought up there that last little bit, money mindset, because that's another thing, you know, personally, I've actually really struggled with over the years. I mean, my first job out of school, ironically, I was refinancing mortgages and I was dealing with cash out refi. So I was helping a lot of, quote unquote, helping a lot of veterans consolidate credit card debt into their overall equity of their home to lower their monthly payments. And I mean, you know, like, is that better or worse? Like it's better for the immediate future or the immediate present, but maybe not big picture wise. That's you're taking on more debt, you know, at a sizable over time. But it's something that I'm really working on. I think one thing that has helped me better to, to manage my money and understand it a little bit more was kind of taking this like funky taste that Talking money, you know, gives so many of us in our mouths and thinking of it instead of what if money's just an exchange of energy? It's like, if I'm how much energy am I going to put into X investment and what in return, like, how much energy does that get me? And, you know, I guess in return from that, what's my ROI of? energy going to be. Does that make sense? Is that a good approach or? Yeah, no, I love it
1: because, (laughs) you know, Aurelius Ben and I, who was in broke, I mentioned become pretty good friends. And he said to me that his mentality is he's the CEO of every dollar that comes in. Mm. And if you're the CEO of a company, you want to make sure that the employees are doing their job and you expect them to operate at a certain level. And if they're not operating at a certain level, then you've got to find someone else or you got to have a sit down with them and, and get them working how you want. So it's the same thing with your money. If you're going to allocate X amount towards this, what is the expected, you know, what is the right expectation mm-hmm. for that dollar? And, and then you've got to hold it accountable. And if it's not meeting the expectations, then there's no reason to keep Putting that there. Maybe you reallocate that somewhere else. So it's the CEO mindset, or in sports, it's the GM mindset, right? Mm -hmm. If you have a quarterback and you expect certain things and he's not, you know, he's not going to, you know, he's not living up to it, you're going to draft someone else and you're going to get someone else in there.
0: Yeah. I like that analogy a lot. I think, too, one thing that's helped me a lot is looking at, really three types of investments so to speak like there's the the A money which is like that immediate satisfaction of like I want ice cream so I'm going to go buy that ice cream right now like yes I get a boost in energy in the present but what does that really do to my return of energy in the long run I don't yeah. know like it is a little bit of happiness but it's also like going out and buying the latest car and you know, all of those things. Then there's B money of that's like your more traditional forms of investing, putting money into real estate, putting money into a 401k, something like that. And then C money is allocating your money towards stuff that is actually going to pay itself back tenfold right now and in the future. And that's investing into yourself. Could you speak on how much people, quote unquote, should be allocating towards each of those kind of investments and from a financial services
1: Perspective, like what's your opinion there? yeah, see, I don't think there's a set answer right because everybody's different, but I think you're on the right track right like you you need to have some sort of money. I think when people try and go on a budget, you know they cut out any of the fun stuff, right, and like yeah. you can't do that like if you want ice cream, go get the ice cream right but have or Starbucks, right? I think that's the financial services example, right? Just don't do Starbucks every day. Don't have the ice cream every day. So allow yourself to have a little bit of fun with it, but be realistic. I mean, there's been studies done that you mentioned the car, the idea of going and purchasing like a car or some sort of big purchase, you get similar endorphins as you do for When you go out and you're going to play your sport, right? You have a big game or something like that. And then once you purchase it, it's a few hours or a few days later, those endorphins are gone. And now you've got this car and you're just kind of like, oh, all right, I've got a car, right? So you lose it. And so I'd always say, if it's going to be a big purchase like that, there's no reason to rush into it, right? Mm -hmm. See, you know, a week later, two weeks later, a month later, do you really have that same desire for that? and if not then it's probably good that you didn't pull the trigger on it i heard cam newton was talking about when he first got in with the carolina panthers he was still living with his parents and he had a mentor that said hey if you want to buy you know a couple cars cool have two three cars you don't need eight cars like what are you going to do different that you can't do with three cars right and so i think it's just keeping perspective and then you know you talked about you know the other two categories it's understanding what those dollars are going to do for you right and if you understand where to put it and you understand how you're going to get a return then put your money there but you know if you have an idea that hey you want to start a financial literacy course for college athletes or a yeah. podcast and grow your business absolutely invest in yourself i mean especially when you're younger coming out because you've got a lot of time to recover if something doesn't go right i mean i turned 40 last year and When I remember when I was coming out of college, I thought of a 40 year old like, oh man, dude's about to croak, right? And, but I'm 40 now and I'm like, man, I probably got, I probably got another 40, 50 years. Like you get to, you get to a certain age and you're like, man, I got a lot of time left. Like I've got the ability to recover from this. So I think it's just understanding again, like it it, go for it because the fear of regret or the, you know, the regret is worse than failure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I always looked at things. Uh, the wondering what if, you know, that just, that'll eat people up and you've seen it eat people up. Um, whereas, you know, if you fail, it's really just lessons that you're learning along the way. You know how to do it better. You know, another, uh, you know, the second time you try it. So, so much to unpack there. First and foremost, your advice on a money
0: is actually great diet and lifestyle advice as well of not getting ice cream every day. You'll, You'll probably be (laughs) be overall healthier in the long run and you'll have some more money in your pocket. Um, And two, man, that really resonates with me, that what if mentality. I've talked about that a little bit on the show before. I mean, that was the situation I was in about this time last year when I podcast was rolling. It wasn't quite where it is now um, by any means. But then, you know, I kind of came to this crossroads of like, do I continue in this career that I'm currently at at the country club, or do I make this leap and, you know, see what the podcast can turn into. And, you know, it was, I had these ideas for group coaching and all these other projects that I'm now working on a year later, but the real reason I went to go jump in and say, you know what, I'm going to go for it was I just asked myself, all right, I can live with it, me going for it and it failing, I can't live with me staying where I'm currently at and just living with that. What if mentality? Like, what if, what if I did that? Oh man, too bad. I never did. Like, I don't want to, to your point, be quote unquote 40, 50, 60, whatever age and look back and say, dang, I I never really went for it. I think a lot of athletes resonate with that. It's like how many times in sport do you might, you might have that regret of like, Oh, what if I just, what if I really went for it? this year and, and don't hold anything back and see like what actually happens. You can quote unquote,
1: retire a lot happier. I think then, that that's absolutely. Absolutely. And I think a lot of times as athletes, you know, we, we, we self identify as athletes mm-hmm. and we don't think of ourselves as being able to do a lot of that other stuff. I mean, that's one of the things that that ESPN 30 for 30 broke did for a lot of guys that I talked to is they realized, man, If I keep doing that, then I'm going to be in trouble. But what do I want to do? Like, I want to start a business. So they got into it, right? And they proved that they had the right skill set. And, you know, the one thing when you started, I'm sure you went through this. um, And when I started this, I didn't want to wake up like two years later and see somebody else doing what my idea was and being like, oh, man, I I should have done it, right? Or like, hey, I had that idea. And so it wasn't, you know, I'm sure there's people that are smarter than me out there. In fact, I know there's people that are smarter than me. But what I've learned just in in my time in business is just, you know, you don't have to be the smartest, you just have to be the quickest, right? Like if you get there before someone else, they might have a better product, but, but you were the first one there, you already have that foundation, you have the brand recognition, you have all of that type of stuff. And so you just have to get, it's like, it's like in sports. I mean, you don't have to be the most talented all the time. You just have to, you have to get there quicker. Um, I think of Oregon football, right? Back when Chip Kelly, like he didn't necessarily have the best athletes, but they operated on such a pace that they just, they were quicker than everyone else. And and they, that program grew and grew. Um, so that's just kind of how I, that, that's how I look at things. Yeah. And man, that, that Oregon team was always fun to watch when he
0: was there. Like, like frustrated <laughs> um, me that reminds me too of a lot of my mentors and coach coaches personally. This guy, Nick Paggs, he speaks a lot on act boldly consistently. And I think that has been something that has been a game changer in my life. It's like, all right, like talk about picking up the tempo and like, let's get the ball rolling on things. I think if people out there can have an idea, and then actually learn to start acting on it and doing so without that fear of like, I'm going to leave one foot on the ground. I'm just going to freaking go for it and see what happens. And if they can do that consistently enough, now things are rolling. That's how these ideas become actual, you know, services and products and books and all that gets written. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's about execution. Get out there and just execute. Yeah, A lot of people fail at the execution part. Outside of the book, like what's your current focus right now, personally?
1: So I'm just talking. You know, I'm having a ton of fun talking to coaches at universities and and you know some of these pro programs that we're you know getting ready to get involved with, and just growing and expanding from the book to all the services that we offer. So the online courses, the you know we talked about awareness earlier on. It's having the the free text ability for someone. You know, if they're looking at buying a car, should they buy or lease? A lot of times, you know, if you're not there with them in that moment, then they have the opportunity to make the wrong decision. So having a text platform where people can shoot a message in and they just get free advice. Right. And so it's expanding what this is becoming because it's grown really, really quick and really kind of came out of nowhere to be a legitimate business. And so it's figuring out, hey, what's needed, and then how do we deliver on it, and then trying to get the right people in place to be able to execute on it. It's amazing you say it came out of nowhere. I think that's some
0: of the best opportunities in life, right? When you just, you were at a level or at a point in your life where you were just open to receiving at a level worth receiving at because you've raised your value so much over the years. So it's no wonder that you're absolutely crushing it in this. And I'm excited to see the continued growth of it, the continued programs that you're working with, the book. I can't wait to get my hands on it. I know time of recording, we're about, what, five weeks out from it hitting shelves, right? Yep. Yep. It's got to feel good, right? Like you're so close to that finish line now.
1: And hey, my hands are off it now. There's no more that I can do. It's in someone else's hands to to get out there on market. So yeah, it feels good to be done with my part. I love it, Ryan.
0: Well, one, first and foremost, just want to say I appreciate you. The work that you're doing is obviously much needed. Where can those listening in, you know, get their hands on Foundation for Financial Excellence, keep up with all things that
1: you're doing, Absolutely. Find me on LinkedIn for sure. Uh, a must win.com is what we named the company. You know, it's, a, it's like financial, you, it's a must win for people. Text, you can text me at 803-879-5204. And outside of that, man, I'm, you know, just Amazon is where it's going to be. So. Awesome, man. Well, by the time this
0: is released, the book will also be released. So we'll have everything plugged in the show notes. If you guys want to get your hands on a copy, I know I will be thoroughly reading it. My book list is just growing and growing. I want to ask you the fast five. Totally forgot to ask you those earlier because I've just been enjoying this so much. It's live one sentence or one word answers. We'll go rapid fire here. Number one is what's your go-to podcast that no one's heard of before? I Am Athlete. Ooh, is that, that's the
1: Brandon Marshall and... Yeah, the, I just, someone just told me about it and it's, it's hot, but I didn't even know. I didn't even know it was out there. That's an incredible... And one. Serendipity. Sorry, that's two, that's, that's Inky Johnson, Serendipity. That's brand new. I'll take two suggestions. I love it. Number two, what is your go-to book that you've read in the past year? So yeah, Rapid Fire. So it's the David Goggins and I listened to all my books, ironically. Can't, Can't stop him. me at leaving this. That one is it's good. It's, that one's spot on. He's next level. can hurt me, that's it, yeah. Yeah, he's a great guy. That's one of my favorites too. Number three is, what is a quote you live by? Quote that I live by. You know, I don't know that it's a quote. I think it's more of a mentality. I think, you know, if you do good for people, good will be done to you. And so just be out there and be a resource and give as much away as possible and it'll come back to him. Got to say, you can only receive at the level that you're willing to give. So I love that
0: piece of advice there. It goes to well beyond money. It goes through, I think, everything in life.
1: Number four is what is something you can't live without? My kids, for sure. My kids. <laughs> They'll be great. As much as they yeah. drive me crazy, I can't, I could not live without
0: them. I love it. Number five, what's, last one, what's your one word focus at this point in time? Execution spoken like a true high performer. I feel like when that's a thing a lot of people struggle with when they get to this quote-unquote level or whatever level they're currently at. It's like they know what to do. It's just a matter of executing on it.
1: So,
0: yeah. Big can always be bigger.
1: That's what I, I like that one. Big can always be bigger.
0: Yeah. I, lo- I love what you're doing. I can't say it enough. I think it is really needed in this space. I'm excited for those listening in to connect further with you. We'll definitely plug everything. Again, just appreciate your time today. This has been I fun. I Loved it. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Would love for you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts with your biggest takeaways from today's episode. Remember, if you can change your mindset, you can change your life. One thought followed by one action at a time. I will see you all on Monday for a deep dive into feedback fueling flow.